Good evening, Patriots. And today is the end of Monday, June 5th, as I get myself packed and ready to leave here in a few hours for Yuba City. It's going to be a great week. Like I said in previous shows, tomorrow's shows will be on regular time. And then starting on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, all the shows will be built around the live streaming that will happen from Yuba City, which you can find. We're going to live stream on the Bards FM channel on YouTube. We're going to audio live stream here. We're going to try to live stream on Rumble to see what that entails. And because it's new for both us and Yuba City, we haven't live streamed there yet. We're going to live stream, hopefully on Brighton TV and possibly on Clout Hub. A lot of details to try to work out tomorrow. We'll do the best we can. Um, but anyway, that's kind of the plan. But they'll be around. And then we'll be live streaming off of Bards FM and off of the Church of Glad Tidings site. So there's a lot of places you can pick it up, whatever's convenient obviously, in live stream on everything except Podbean will be video live stream. So that should be pretty good. Lots to do. We have a lot ahead of us, a lot of details to pull together these last few hours. So keep your prayers up for us. It's going to turn out great, but we have a lot of work to do. One thing, Patriots, uh, right now to keep in mind is that we are really in an interesting time where everyone's going to need to keep their focus and all things around us. And we're going to definitely need to keep your health strong. And part of that is to use the supplements that are going to be based on natural products. I'm really big on trying to do whole food, natural supplements. And we've been very blessed with having Field of Greens join us as a sponsor. They're a great product. They're a whole food product. I'll just say it's it's one of those unique supplements and I use it every day and it's really makes a difference. And I notice that if I don't take it, which is not very often, but a couple of times I've just kind of intentionally not taken it. And there's a significant difference. It is a fantastic quality product. Really encourage you to check it out. Patriots, our greatest health is achieved when we rely on God's bounty to support our whole body health. Field of Greens is a whole food supplement that empowers our mind, body, and spirit as we were designed. Each specific fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens has been medically chosen to support specific health functions like your heart, your liver, your kidney health, your immune system, and your metabolism. Field of Greens is organically sourced, manufactured in the United States, and the company is headquartered in Texas. It is a supplement designed to boost the full body-mind function using whole foods. Just read the ingredient label and you will see. It reads like a grocery shopping list, not a lab experiment. Field of Greens is also the only brand with a better health promise. Start using and enjoying Field of Greens. And at your next doctor's visit, if your doctor doesn't say something like, wow, whatever you're doing, it's working, keep it up, return it for a full refund. If you keep your body healthy, your mind and spirit will follow. So get started today. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to get 15% off by going to fieldofgreens.com. That's fieldofgreens.com. And if you sign up for the monthly subscription, which you can suspend or cancel at any time, you will get an additional 10% off. That is a total of 25% off. Just go to fieldofgreens.com and use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. Again, that's fieldofgreens.com, promo code BARDS. Check it out, Patriots. You will not be disappointed. Great product really is a good product. So there's an interesting article that came up today. There was a church that burned in Massachusetts. A church that burned in Massachusetts. That was actually the fire right there. Um, struck by lightning. And it became, it fell under fire. And it was... Um, a church that was celebrating the LGBTQ nonsense. So there's obviously a lot of inference that that was a strike by God, which I don't think is too far out. We're really seeing this agenda expand and expand pretty radically. And I don't think people are really prepared as a whole for what's coming. We've been lured into this ridiculous trap of thinking that this is end of times. And I've talked a lot about this and I know that for some, this runs against your grain, and I'm 
sorry if it does, but then I'm not sorry because we're not in Revelation yet. We may look like it, but they're using this as a playbook. And I'm telling you, I, I am telling you they're using this as a playbook. And they're leading people in because what Revelation leads to, especially the way it's taught in churches, is it's a disarming of the Christians. And so as what's happened is people get into this theology, this end of times theology, and they're like, oh, okay, well, Jesus is coming. And this is how they're rolling out this enslavement. And then everything that people see, they're like, well, that's the mark of the beast. We're not even there yet. But I came across a technology tonight, and this is just why I bring this up, is this new technology that Apple presented today is the first step in bringing the matrix into full view, into full acceptance. We had Google's glasses for a while, whatever those were, and that didn't go over real well. And that was, what, I guess about eight years, ten years ago, something like that. But Apple has now brought out Vision Pro. And let me tell you, this is going to be the enslavement of many willfully. It won't be hard to sell this one. It's, it's going to go over very well. It looks like a set of ski goggles. And it is an opaque surface that allows you to interact with your environment. So you're seeing with, with overlays in your environment. But at the same time, you can change your environment if you want. So you have you have a three-dimensional space, this sort of holographic, it's, it's the wrong term really, but it's this artificial virtual reality space that's before you, but you're, it's augmented reality. So as you're looking through this and seeing the outside, the digital images are laying over the top. So your apps come up and you can use your finger movements and touch your apps and do things. You can bring in a movie, and if you don't like the world you're seeing around you, you can expand the screen, even add side curtains of images so you don't have to see the world around you. It can be an entirely different environment. Of course, they're selling this as a you know, great thing to try to be able to interact better. But here, here's some of the keys to this that are right there before you because it's in the ad. They're using a super high-resolution screen. And what they're doing is they're taking a 3D facial scan of you with this this technology so that they're creating a lifelike virtual avatar of you that other people see that's so accurate in certain ways it's hard to distinguish it from the computer-generated image of you and your actual you. And, it, and so as you're talking in your facial expressions, they're not seeing you with goggles on. They're seeing you with this... They're seeing you as if you have no goggles on. And so we're be, they're sensitizing people to start accepting a digital 3D replication of you. For This is the first thing. So the, the 3D replication of you done in, in kind of digits and virtual reality, that becomes the new image of you, if you will. And as you talk, it will... Mimic your facial movements and so forth. So people are getting sensitized to that. But here's the darker side. They're taking your three-dimensional facial scan, and they own it. Once they do it, that's part of their user agreement. And then get this. So now they are using another sensor, an external sensor technology, so that they can improve the sound, which is built into this, to account for the objects in your room. So what it's doing is it's it's using the sensors to to map out your interior space of your home so that it can supposedly improve the sound that you hear. Now all this is is a gateway. And they're legally going they're going to use this and it's legally I guarantee it'll be in the user agreement somewhere in there that they're going to be able to own your interior mapping of your home. And they're going to own the map of your face. All of this is leading to a complete virtual world. I mean, they have the other parts, like if you lay down in bed and you don't like looking at your ceiling, just open up and put a cloud on your ceiling. And now you can look at the sky. All of this is the stepping towards the matrix. And though the technology may seem primitive in terms of 
or clumsy, I should say. It's not primitive, but clumsy because of the big VR goggles. All this concept is moving us towards its augmented reality. They will eventually be tech embedded into people. And that's the next step because we're going through sensitizing everybody to trans, transgenderism. And that battle will ultimately be lost. I will guarantee you this is how it's playing out. They're going to they're going to lose that battle in terms of like the children and so forth. We're finally going to see a, a return of the pendulum to where people will say, no more touching the kids. But the caveat will be, okay, the kids can't be manipulated, but adults can do whatever they want. And now we've created the, the legal foundation, the law to protect them. Just like you just, if you heard in uh, LA, they had a protest for this transgender movement. It was the Armenians that burned a LGBT pedo flag. And in so doing, that's now a hate crime investigation. All right. So they put, the, they're getting the laws on the books, prepping this for, the, to protect this pluralism society. Because what's going to happen here is they'll pull back on the kids as they've been doing all sorts of back ends of like using Target, using Bud Light, using Kohl's. All they're doing is you're just seeing a, a front game of the mergers and acquisitions game for the elite. Small stockholders are getting wasted. The big stockholders are, are making tons of money because of the mergers and acquisitions that are going on behind the scenes as they devalue and reposition these companies for the next phase in this. The adults' rights will be mainstreamed into our legal system, and then comes in transhumanism. And the framework is already built, and it's built through the vanguard attack of transgenderism. And so Apple's making the next step. Which, by the way, it's just interesting to note that all of these technologies all start to, you start to see how they were all planned. Because like 4K, 8K video, if you're familiar with that, they need all that type of resolution for this new VR world because it's it's only with that that you're able to expand screens infinitely, make a bigger, bigger virtual movie screen in your head. All of this is happening right now. And it's stripping away the separation between people and God. I mean, this the separation is separating down humanity from God so that we become as humanity or those that follow this nonsense become focused on the technologies and not on Father God. Now, this new technology is no, nothing to joke around about because it's Apple does an amazing job of creating the user interface, otherwise known as UI, and they will they will create an environment that people will long for. And the Apple users are kind of first adopters anyway. They will, they're really aggressive at wanting to take on this new technology. They will. The Apple developers will start to develop lots of stuff for it. They'll create the ecosystems. They'll expand it out. It's going to be very luring to kids. You're going to start to see teaching using this platform. Kids will be starting to work in virtual environments. You're going to hear all sorts of benefits to it. Like, look what we can do inside the virtual environment. We can take a child and take them, get, take them right into Mount Rushmore and teach them about U.S. history. But you're, as a parent, you will have no interaction anymore with what the teacher's teaching your child. Right now, there's still a, a human-in-the-loop model. Once this stuff comes on, you will not be able to share in it with your child's being shown. And then let's not even... We don't even have to go down that route for you to imagine what that means for the porn industry, what that means for the groomer technology, groomer industry, all of this. This is a really big and very significant shift in the technological space for people and for humanity. And sadly, humanity will take this bait easily. And it's not something that should be new if you've been following the transhumanist movement, because back in 2014... The scientists were writing articles not about whether they could achieve transhumanism, but about the barriers that were before us to making transhumanism mainstreamed and acceptable. So what they knew they had to do is break down morality and break down the ethics. And they've done just that over the last few years. They've done a miraculous job, in fact, of doing just that. Now, it's interesting, this Ecclesi Ecclesiastes 10.2, 
I find this to be a very interesting passage. And this passage is literally on point with, I guess, you know, in a certain sense I look at it, and it's so much on point with what we take for granted. And it kind of leads us into a greater understanding of ourselves and perhaps is a very simple way of why what it actually means when we say right and left. But this is what we're dealing with on a bigger level. It says, a wise man's heart turns him towards the right, which is the way of blessing. But a fool's heart turns him toward the left, which is a way of condemnation. And so literal and political and spiritual, all these things are meaning into one. And we're in a place right now, we literally are in a place where so many people are turning towards condemnation, condemnation of God, and away from the blessings of the Lord. Everything is geared that way. So we're into quite an era that we're in. Patriots, one quick uh, reference here to cbdistillery.com, cbdistillery.com, amazing source for CBD products. Been using them. You should have them in your medical kit. They're they're really fantastic. Um, they have a whole range of products you can use, and they are of great quality. And a lot of resource a lot of resources available on their site. If you head over to cbdistillery.com, once you do, uh, you're going to find that at cbdistillery.com, if you use your promo code Bards B A R D S, you're going to save twenty percent. But they have everything you need for relaxation, relief of pain, better sleep, better body recovery. Been using these products for a while now. Really impressed. They're all they all come from U.S. grown industrial hemp, so they're American sourced, American made, high quality. I've been getting good feedback from people who have used CB Distillery a lot longer than I have. And those are Bard's folks. So check them out. You will not be disappointed. It's all 100% good, clean ingredients. They highly test their products. I've been very impressed. I've had my mom use them. I've used them. So highly recommend you check them out. So cbdistillery.com. Use your Bard's code, B-A-R-D-S. Get 20% off. And I think you'll be very, very pleased. Lots to choose from. And so a good selection of products from gummies to drops to creams, really good stuff. So cbdistillery.com, promo code BARDS. All right, so you know our challenge right now as a, as a nation, and I think this is very apropos for this week, we're into, for me, the entire week is really geared towards what's going to begin on Wednesday at 3 o'clock, and that's BARDS Fest. And the whole nature of BARDS Fest is literally – convening the war councils and to spark up that fire. And this is as God put on my heart. This isn't me saying this through prayer, through a great prayer team, through other feedback in prayer. This is what has come up again and again, convening the war councils. We are in a very critical time of war and it's not something that we get to debate about. Fact of the matter is war is upon us. And there shouldn't be any doubt about that. War is upon us. And it's a very devastating war that we're dealing with because it's going very, very heavily against children. And unbelievably, there just isn't that much response collectively from the public, at least not yet. I'm not saying it's not coming, but not yet. They have so many irons in the fire, though, and trying to move people so many different ways. The real question is, where are we going on this? And that's going to have to come down to us seeking a a righteous path and really listening to God. I think the traps are being set very boldly, and I think it's pretty clear what they're trying to do, which is they use these extremes to they use extremes to bounce people to a center path that ultimately entraps everybody. So again, transgenderism paves the way for the laws to protect them of all this gender plurality. AI, robotics transhumanists, they do not have by definition any gender because they begin to modify. The transhumanist modifies the body function. The AI has no gender and the robotics, the AI robotics, whether it's a synth 
biosynthetic or whether it's a, a clone, uh, all those gender issues become less and less relevant. And just for those that, uh, if you're new to the channel and you, and you might say like, ah, what about clones? Clones are real. Um, that technology has been around since the 70s. And when, if you can just look at it very simply, if they can clone an animal and clone a sheep, they can clone a human. It's not, it's not a leap at all. Just a matter of whether we as a public want to accept it. And then you have another dimension in this whole transhumanism piece, which is the digital clones. So in a virtual world, and this is where transhumanism really takes off, is that in a virtual world, just like with gaming, you can start modifying who you are in a virtual space and living a complete fantasy. They are, they're setting up very rapidly this idea of infinite realities that you can play out with any of these VR goggles. This technology is being rolled out now very timely because as you're starting to see the truth pouring out, the first thing you want to do is to provide people with another way of, of excitement and, and entertainment. People are suckers for entertainment. You know that every time that an economy falls, the one industry that always rises is entertainment. So they're, they're bringing in this major distraction, which will be an enslavement. It won't just be an, a distraction. And this distraction is going to be literally the VR, like from Apple, which many others will start to emulate Apple's level of technology. Microsoft has been working with it. This is a new level. And so with this, you're going to start to see the greater adoption of the virtual reality and augmented reality space, which will give new fuel to meta and other environments and little by little migrate people away from the reality of what's going on so that information, news, all this becomes pluralized. None of this is accidental. We're right at the cusp of a major awakening. And the real question is, is where will you go? So it's a really interesting thing I heard today. I, I'm not necessarily, I'm going to tell you, I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I just, I loved the, the, the mind puzzle with this. So a guy was talking, and it ties in with this, guy was talking about, what happens when you die? And he said, when you die, you're going to see the, and I don't ask me where he gets this, and I'm not going to tell you I'm endorsing it, but I want you to hear the mind puzzle. So please hear that. It's very important because it's an interesting perspective. He says, when you die, you're going to see the white light and you're going to be drawn into the white light. And it's going to tell you this is the way you need to go. And he says, but what no one ever does is turn around and see it looks what's behind them. And he said, what sits behind you is the universe, the infinite. See, I love this way of thinking because what's happening right now is we're being lured in to what we hear is so many are being lured in, especially with this AI in terms of the hope of humanity. AI has challenges. There's a lot of, it's a treacherous road to walk, but everybody talks about AI in terms of this new hope for humanity. None of these technologies that we're talking about can exist without AI. And somehow over the course of time, we have now come to accept that humanity is so sufficiently retarded that it can no longer solve its own problems, that we need some sort of engine that's supposed to think faster, smarter than us to solve our problems because the world we've created is so complex and so complicated. So with that, there is only one path forward, which is the fake light of this offering. It is the lure as this is the way to go and this is where salvation is. But we're not looking behind us, literally. And behind us is that other path. And it's in this in that metaphor that I'm using is this other path. And the other path is kingdom. It's Father God. It's all the wisdom that's put before us that when we lean into it, all things are resolved, solved, and new opportunities opened up to where we truly live free. The other path that sits before you that you're being lured into is the trap of death, ultimately. So we are here, and the technologies continue to be the promise of convenience. And we have to ask ourselves, which path are we going to take, very literally? These are not easy times at all. So I want to read Matthew 8, 5 to 13 as a reminder of just where Jesus is looking in terms of who's going to be at the seat at the table. As Jesus went to Capernaum, 
a centurion came up to him, begging him for help and saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed with intense and terrible tormenting pain. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied to him, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man subject to authority of a higher rank with soldiers subject to me. I say to one, go, and he goes, and to the other, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those who were following him, I tell you truthfully, I have not found such great faith as this with anyone in Israel. I say to you that many Gentiles will come from east and west and will sit to feast at the table and enjoy God's promises with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven because they accepted me as Savior. While the sons and heirs of the kingdom, the descendants of Abraham, will not recognize me as Messiah, will be thrown out into the outer darkness, into that place which is farthest removed from the kingdom. There will be weeping in sorrow and pain and grinding of teeth in distress and anger. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, it will be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was restored to health at the very at the very hour. All of this craziness that we're doing right now, transgenderism, the transhumanism, the technologies, collapsing economy, the fretting of of surveillance state, the threats that come out of the of the FBI, the eighty three thousand IRS agents. I mean, these are just layers and layers and layers upon the same insidious stuff. And principally, what we're getting down to is obedience and faith. Of where do we want to go? What world do we want to see? What world do we want to be part of? It's a, that's, all this other stuff is noise and confusion. And it's going to take the heart of the centurion, the heart of a warrior, to understand obedience and faith. And so I'm challenging all of us to seek and ask if you have that heart. And if not, ask God for it. Because it's, too easy to get distracted on many ways. If, when you're talking about obedience and faith, the minute we start to doubt and start to look at the enemy and go, oh my, look what they're doing. There's no chance we have to win. We've lost because we've stepped away from understanding who we are. This enemy is is not winning. This enemy is is actually in chaos right now. But what it does have at its, at its disposal is a constant luring of promises of convenience and to make life easier and more fun and more entertaining, which draws in God's children constantly. They can't seem to understand that each of these things comes with a major cost. Nothing is free. Nothing is, even if you're buying something, the technology they're giving you is making money off of you. And these sorts of appreciations People can't see the way forward other than a way forward with technology. The idea of going backwards seems primitive when, in fact, it's the most freeing. So there's some real challenges ahead here for all of us and in humanity as a whole. It is truly being lured into a major trap. And I don't think that they're ready for what's coming. BlackRock bought 23andMe today or just the last 24 hour, 48 hours, whatever. I, I just want to put that in context to what that means. They are now as a, not only are they one of the largest, if not the largest between them and Vanguard, one of the largest holders and hedge funds and influences over companies. They now have the largest database of DNA that was freely given in the sense of people trying to do whatever they were doing, their genetic match or whatever. What does that allude to? And what it alludes to is, is a, a horizon now that we're entering into of true transhumanism, where the manipulation and, and modulation is coming through the, the DNA, 
the control of people through DNA and the modification of people, even like the restoration of the Nephilim, the fallen, that sort of issue through the DNA. I mean, we already have a, and, and I'm standing on this, you can disagree, but this vaccine is, is a gateway for possession of many people. We're dealing with more demonic in, influences than we've ever seen. And that's what's accelerating this transgender movement. All of this is leading towards trying to create a human shell where our free will is used to give them the right to do these things. And then our free will is locked in stasis to where it's a forever yes, so that they can bring about the world that they want. That's the ultimate enslavement. Because we have dominion over this world. But unfortunately, we're just not understanding what all that means. Because as we have dominion, if we are not going to use that dominion and it's being used against us, we will end up being enslaved. So a lot of this is leading to what I truly believe is a point of having to come back to us setting up basically strongholds. We're going to have to come to a place where we have to decide how it is we're going to live and decide to live in that faith. And we're going to have to create almost a separation between the outside world and the inside world. This reminds me a lot of Nehemiah 4, starting at 11. Our enemies said they will not know or see us until we are among them, kill them, and put a stop to the work. When the Jews who lived near them came, they said to us ten times repeatedly, for every place you turn, they will come up against us. So I stationed armed men around the wall in the lowest places at the open positions where it was least protected, and I stationed the people in families with their swords, spears, and bows. When I saw their fear, I stood and said to the nobles and officials and the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them confidently. Remember that the Lord, who is great and awesome, and with courage from him, fight for your brothers and your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. I want to stop there for a minute. It's stunning that he's, it's actually had to be said to do those things. Those should be native to every single person, to fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your homes. Why, why would you have to say that? Because they're so broken in fear. They're so paralyzed in fear with what they're seeing outside the walls. And the stationing of the guards there is just is to give them that sort of confidence. I have a life, real life story to this exact thing. It happened in Afghanistan. We were, I was working with somebody by the name of Hero Jabbar. He was a local warlord, and literally we were flying into Maywand in an air in a helicopter. Black Hawk doors open. I had Colonel Chris Riga with me, I had my interpreter with me. We were all on headsets looking down, and he was he had an amazing mapping. In a head for mapping, and he was looking down and understanding where we were, and he was telling us where to place the checkpoints, where to place the guards to protect the villages. And when we mapped it all out, we're like, well, there's no traffic in many of these places, what we call rat lines, where these Taliban would move. There has been no activity in many of these places. Why would you put guards there? We're trying to focus our efforts on places where the enemy is. And Hero's comment was just very much to this passage. He said, it doesn't matter. There's a memory of an enemy coming there. Once you start to establish a protection point there, the people will stop remembering what used to happen and start having confidence that they can start protecting themselves. This is a lot of the role, in my opinion, of the remnant. And why this is such an important concept, because we tend to think of having to fight this massive enemy and we forget how important our positioning can be within our community to raise people up and give them confidence. The question is, what is that point in your community and what is that point of the rat line where the enemy is coming through that you can step in, even if it's a historical marker, and place a presence there that gives people the confidence to know that, okay, now I have some space to lean into the Lord. This fight is not going to be won by flesh and blood. This is completely a fight of spiritual nature in the end of the day. And while that may it will require us, and I truly believe it's going to require us to carry the sort of steel in the many forms that that, can, that, it, that that covers, this fight is only won through the sword of the Spirit. 
And that means that we have to fight in a way that's going to give people back the strength in the confidence in Father. Iron to iron, blood to blood is not going to give people confidence in God. In fact, it's going to run people to God with pleading and like, mercy, help me, rather than leaning into God saying, I, I want to assume my authorities. It's a big difference. So let me continue with this passage, starting in Nehemiah on 4.15. Now when our enemies heard that we knew about their plot against us, their plot against us, and that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall, each one to his work. From what day, from that day on, half of the servants carried on the work while the other half held the spears, shields, bows, and breastplates. And the captains on were behind the whole house of Judah. Those who were rebuilding the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that everyone worked with one hand and held a weapon with the other. Every builder had his sword secured to his side as he built, and the one who sounded the trumpet to summon the troops stood at my side. I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive, and we are separated on the wall far from one another. Whenever you hear the sound of a trumpet gathered to us there, our God will fight for us. Amazing passage and a reminder of what I truly think is where we are today. We just haven't completely embraced it yet. We are truly at a point right now where we need to be carrying our sword of steel and it needs to be put to our hip and be ready for fight. And at the same time, we have to be able to be building our new future. It takes many different forms, but it needs to be in a place where we're connected with one another. Now, in a virtual world, that looks different, perhaps, and it feels different because right now what we have is this network where you're, when you're in a church and you're in the stone wall, the dead stone walls, and listening to a skinny jean pulpit, hopefully not too often, but that's effectively having, having there's way too much of that going on. When we get out into the world like we are here and we're spread out everywhere, it's very easy to miss the point of how we're building our essentially our protective barrier around us so that we can keep the community safe behind the walls, stand up and repel the enemy, and continue to build up the mightiness of the Holy Spirit within. And yet that's what is going to be required. Much of that is that each one of us becomes a captain of the guard, a captain of the wall, a watcher, and to lead the locals to this point here. And you're the one, you become the one that's interacting with the nobles and interacting with the leaders that are shocked and fearful, and you're having to raise them up. Now imagine that on a grand scale, because Bard's nation is stretched on 120 countries in very different forms. And as we have one story like Nehemiah 4, imagine where this happens in 120 countries and in multiple places in those countries to where you literally have people stepping in and saying and explaining how this plan is going to work, encouraging those to build the wall with a sword in one hand and a brick in another, providing the watchers on the wall, guiding them to be watchers on the wall while other people work dutifully on the wall. And showing leadership, again, what fearlessness is like. Our leaders have become fearful, and people, as a result, be, have become even more fearful. There's no leadership. Well, where's leadership going to come from if it doesn't come from us? And I think that's one of the most important points where we're at right now is that we keep looking somewhere else for leadership, but the leadership isn't there. Why? because God has put it within us. And you may not feel like a leader, you may not be seeking to be a leader, but guess what? You may not have wanted war either, but you're in one of those. So we're really at a very important juncture of people needing to step up. And all that for me ties right back into Bard's Fest because the whole point here from Wednesday through Friday is to inspire that fire. And I think if you look at the speakers list, you're gonna see that that's the intent of much of this is to inspire that fire to be courageous in this moment, to step in and to step up 
and to start leading the crews to build the walls and start leading the crews to defend the walls and start leading the crews to carry a sword in one hand and a brick in another and start inspiring the leadership to realize that they need to stop being fearful and start being strong. And it doesn't limit itself purely to American patriots. I mean, this is all over the world we're talking about. It's the same issue. Leadership has become feckless. It's become sold out. It has become weak to a very large degree. And that includes law enforcement, military, politicians, lawyers, corporate leaders, teachers. We have to get increasingly solid with discerning as well, with who's truly evil and who's being under the influence of evil, which really is part of what we must do, which is prayer must be a lifestyle, not just an emergency contact, right? We tend to do that a lot with our prayer. So when we get pinched and the enemy's coming at us, we haven't set up a strong defense and, and from that a strong offense. We're just truly in retreat and reactive mode trying to put up our shield walls with the prayer at the last minute when we should have been building them up, being strong, building the wall, carrying that brick and that sword and doing the work we need to do. All of this is that focus through this week and beyond, but very much to this week, is to empower this, this concept of Nehemiah 4. Really significant. Now, Psalm 44 to 5 to 8, very interesting psalm that I want to touch on here as we start to close down for tonight. Uh, through you, we will, we will gore our enemies like a bull. Through you, through your name, we will trample down those who rise up against us. For I will not trust my bow, nor will my sword save me. But you have saved us from our enemies, and you have put them to shame and humiliated those who hate us. In God we have boasted all the day long, and we will praise and give thanks to your name forever. Selah. Always the same thing. This is a fight we are standing and God is working through us and God is delivering the enemies to us. It is God's fight. We are the elements involved through his direction and hand. And when we take that confidence in that space, we start to find a greater confidence in everything that we do to completely and totally understand that we are, we are doing the mission that we were set out to do. The me culture the consumer culture, the, the material culture, the money culture, that the multiple things of ownership and possession and the weight and the albatross that that puts around our neck is just unbelievable. And what ends up happening is we start to hesitate in our faith with Father God. And here's the problem. God will take that hesitation as best he can. He's never going to, he's not going to turn his back on you for giving 30%, he's going to love you with that. But we're not giving the full capacity of what he can return if we're not fully engaged and giving ourselves to him. This is the bottom line, patriots. You have to go all in. This week is really about steering that position and that ship towards the place of saying, I'm all in. And to sometimes you don't even know what that means. I mean, we're looking around our world like, okay, I'm all in. What does that mean? That's where the trust in God comes from. You have to go all in. We're at, that, we're at that critical hour right now. And I think that it's difficult sometimes to keep that edge. In, in conflict, in combat, it is in war. Keeping that hyper-sharpened edge can be exhausting. And I speak with that. I understand that. There is a point where you become hyper-focused, and there's a point where you become slightly less to give yourself a little bit of breathing room. But nonetheless, you have to keep that edge of your sword very sharp right now and very focused and attuned to what the enemy's doing. The enemy's adaptive. The enemy's coming at us hard. I mean, just look at the Bards Fest assembly here. I want to point out a few things. Kit Kat got into an, a motorcycle accident. She was supposed to be at Bards Fest tomorrow. Okay. Jennifer Renee Echoes had her radiator blowout. And she's on track. She's going to get there a day later than she wanted, but she's going to arrive just fine, okay? There are other stories. I mean, just myself, a number of dumb banking things that have happened to me in the last 24 hours, which should never happen. Like, 
buying something at Lowe's and being told that, well, you bought something at Lowe's, but now your card is suspended because there was a compromise hack on the Lowe's database. I'm like, okay, well, that's neat. And then today, like the bank says, you need to get your mobile app. And so I put the mobile app on and it instantly locked out my entire account. And I had called the tech today and I'm like, what's going on? He's like, oh, well, you logged in with a device that wasn't, wasn't recognized. I'm like, yeah, well, no kidding. You told me to get the app. He says, well, we can't do anything about it. You're locked out for 24 to 48 hours. All of these things are intended to be barriers, and there is a heavy spiritual warfare going on here, many other things as well, of trying to prevent people from arriving at Bard's Fest. If you're the enemy, wouldn't you want to stop something like this? We're at, we're at a peak moment here of real spiritual warfare. So the only answer you have is we are either going to go soft which means you're going to try to pander and pedal and get around it, which means you won't arrive, or you have to go all in. When the enemy starts ambushing you, going after you, you have a choice at that moment in time to live or die. It's that simple. Ambushes change you, and they change you forever, and you either live or you die. You know, the funny thing about me, I'm gonna, one of the big, the ambush that I've recorded, I should say, for the Canadians when I was it, there was a point where I literally charged the enemy with my camera. I didn't even have a pistol with me, and I was just pissed off because he was trying to kill me. I'm like, I'll film you and let the other guys kill you, and I'll film them killing you. You have to get righteous. You got to get the fire in your belly. And this right now is a critical juncture because if you look at what's happening here, they may, they may be in a measure of chaos, which they are, but they're also maneuvering and repositioning on this battle space. And we're still kind of sitting here twiddling our thumbs going, okay, well, are they, are we going to have white hats come fix it for us? Are the Chinese going to come invade us? Um, do, can we count on our military? We're God's children. We are the stewards. We are the children of the most high. We are the sons and daughters intended to be those who will steward this earth. And we do so and, and we ex occupy, expand and subdue until the day Christ returns. I don't know what that clock time is. I just know that the time and the hour is not for us to know. I just know we have a mission before us, and it has to be fired up, and we've got to get going. And the enemy's on the move, and the enemy's breaking up, and it's it's reconfiguring, and it's, and it's adapting, and it's coming at us in multiple vectors. And I hear this so often. It's like, well, what do I do? Well, start here. Pray and ask God where he wants you on the battlefield, and then kick it, and kick it hard. That's what I know. And you're going to get stretched. Every one of us is going to get stretched. It's going to be like super Gumby time. And you're going to be like a piece of Play-Doh that is literally on a hot metal roof, and you're going to stretch it from one side to the other, or if you, whatever they call that stuff, like silly putty. You're going to be like that. It's going to be so thin, you're going to see through it. You're going to feel like you're that thin. But that's how this is going to work, because God has his remnant here, and he's he's not going to worry about whether it's 10 people or whether it's 10,000 people, what he's looking for, responding to, pushing into is the heart of the warrior. I spoke to a woman today. I'm hoping she sets up a table at Bard's Fest. I've met her. She she's, goes to Grass Valley Church, which is the satellite church of uh, Glad Tidings. She really has an intuitive and very in-tune conversation with Father all the time. And she is getting, it's interesting because I've talked of Nehemiah before and she talked to me today, and she's like, Are, have you read Nehemiah? I said, yes. In fact, I'm, I really love Nehemiah for what it represents. And she says, that's what God keeps telling me, is that we have to get to a point now where we start to be fierce and stand on the walls. She's getting it. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, this is a person who's just part of the congregation. And it's just a thought. It's like, isn't it interesting how God is, listen, is putting his word into anybody that will listen? He's not trying to get the leaders of the churches. He's done that. Apparently, it didn't work. Instead, he's putting his, his word is out there for anybody and anybody that will listen. What does that sound like? That's, that's Gideon. That's Gideon's 300. And it's interesting to note because we're, we're going to have about 300 people at Bards Fest, maybe a little bit more, but it's pretty close into that. So with everything that's going on and the, the focus I'm telling you where my head is and where it's going to remain. This is about lighting the fires. This is the campfires that have to be lit all across the globe, not just in Yuba City, but everywhere. This is Joshua coming out after he circles the city, bringing his 
his soldiers back to the campfires where now they're going to pray, they're going to re-energize, they're going to feed, they're going to break bread, and they're going to get up the next day and they're going to go hit it again. And we don't know how many turns we're supposed to make on this particular fight, but we know that at some point God's going to drop those walls. And when they do, you better have your sword ready because the fire needs to be in your belly to understand that when God calls and justice is there and we're all sitting here and going, Lord, where's justice? And he's like, I just dropped the walls for you. Deliver justice. You better be ready to draw your sword and slay every man, woman, child, and donkey if that is what it's called. No hesitation, all in, 100% in or not at all. That's literally where the fight is going to be won and lost. And those that sit on the side and hesitate, you're going to look back and you're going to go, man, I wish I'd done it. And it's too late by then. This is the hour for us. What God's hour is and that time and that place for Christ to return, I don't know. But I know that this hour, I know it's real. I know that fire is real. And I know that enemy is not kidding and not playing around. And this can, every time we hesitate, one more child gets destroyed, mutilated, mentally screwed up, raped, trafficked, one more. And when's that going to be the one where we say no more? The same with elderly. When are we going to finally say no more? And what does that look like if, if you have, and we'll just use this as an example, what does that look like if you have we'll say 10 million remnant in an entire country of 330 million, and you have 10 million trafficked kids that you have to deal with. What does it look like? It looks like it looks like Nehemiah 4. We build the walls. We bring the children in. We pray. We heal. We, de- we deliver them from the demons. We build them up, and we build an army, and we double it, and we return them to the love of God, and we return them to the love of Jesus, and that then becomes another extension of our army, and we build fierce warriors out of them. That's what that looks like. So it, it has to come a point where we have to quit looking outward and going, well, I don't know. You know, I, I'm old, too old to adopt a child. This isn't about you or I. It's about collective us in the body of Christ now looking at what the right thing to do is. Bringing in our elderly, bringing in our children, giving them safe haven, building the walls, circling around them and being ready now. And this is no joke because these demons are on the move. And I'm going to tell you, I don't care if it's myself and one other person or just me alone. I'm not going to take this garbage from them. I'm done playing on this. They haven't gone far enough yet to hit my door, but I'll only say this. God help them if they do, because I will return the wrath that God has given me the right to return. We've got to fire it up. Let's pray. Father, let's just sit here this evening just reflecting on the damage, destruction, the continued movement of this enemy. And just as you have put on my heart so much for Bardsfest that is this week, I'm just going to share my prayers and open that up for anybody that wishes to join in and declare, send me. Father, we need the spark of the warriors. We need the Gideons, the, the, of Gideon's army to stand up. And we need to face this enemy with the ferocity of a lion. And it's not about numbers. It's about heart. And as you've shown me, we have to go all in. Father, you know how you have pushed me on this Bards Fest. I have wanted to throw the towel in on this a dozen times in the last four months. And you have reminded me again and again, even with the blessed words of telling me, son, this is not a rebuke. I need you all in. Do you trust me? And I've told you, Father, I trust you and I am all in. So hear my words. I am all in. And for anybody else that is here now, to proclaim that I am all in. That is not just Bards Fest, Father. That is a statement that we are all in on this war. No matter what, we are committed 100% to whatever you need us to do, wherever the Holy Spirit directs us, and wherever Jesus' banner leads us. So, Father, I'm all in. No hesitation. And whether that means that we are actively healing people, casting out demons, praying for people, or whether it means we're wielding a sort of steel that you guide us to, to wield. Whatever that is, Father, I'm all in. And you have all the pieces that you've shown me. Everybody has a place in this fight. The question is, do they have the heart? 
So, Father, tonight, my prayer, my personal prayer to share for everyone listening is this. Reveal the hearts, Father. Reveal the hearts to the world of the warriors that will stand. Reveal the hearts to each person to who they are. This is not a condemnation. This is not a judgment. But we need the warriors to stand. And whoever they are, how how many or how few, it's time for us to move. You've shown me that. This is time for the campfires to be lit. lit. This is time for the true spark of revival in the love of you to hit this world, not in a small way, not just in a localized space, not just 5,000 people on California's beach or a bunch of people in Kentucky. This is a time that you have positioned this particular group, this Bard's Nation, if they are willing to carry the mantle, if they are willing to light the fire, if they are willing to be bold and have the warrior heart, We have 120 countries with campfires that can be lit across this world simultaneously that will ignite something greater than we can ever imagine. And all it takes is to say, I'm all in and fearless in the face of the enemy. And whether that campfire includes one other or a thousand others, you will guide. Our trust is in you. And we shall fight this enemy in a way they have never imagined. Every side, asymmetric, multiple hits all at once in a way that the enemy can no longer stand. So, Father, my prayer is to light the fires for all those that will hear, have the courage to lean in and to know these words, I'm all in. Guide us. Bless us. Jesus, thank you for all that you do for all of us and all you have done. In Christ's holy name, amen. Time to choose whom we shall serve. That's this week. That is this week. Whom shall you serve? It's just, it's, it's, we all know it. Your heart knows it. We all have seen this. We're witnessing this. If you're, if you don't cry every night for some child that's raped, destroyed, mutilated, this ridiculous movement, if you don't cry for the elderly every day, for those that have been neglected and cast out, and if you don't have that heart of a lion that comes out of that, that literally wants to just devour this enemy and cast them off into the lake of fire, that's the heart I'm talking about. The one that can shed the tears and the one that can wield the mightiness of the lion. You got to have it. That's what this fight is. That's where we're going. That's what this is about. And I believe enough in everybody in Bars Nation. I think it's here more than any other place I've been. So let's light the fires. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, it's a blessed week. Keep your prayers up for all those traveling traveling for Bards Nation. For the Bards Fest. Keep your heads up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for bended knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something I just want to breathe again Dive into the deepest end Oh, I want to feel something Let me get back in my body Oh